0: This is Up for Debate, episode number 224, recorded January 13th, 2022. The USFL, football for a buck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate show with two hosts of Grand Everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by our very own Heisman winner, Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt.
1: Hello, Sean. How are you doing? I'm just going to have to go ahead and mute my phone because, um... The Islanders and the Devils are playing right now, and I have a hockey app that will, like, make the goal horn noises.
0: Mm, that and sounds annoying.
1: Rather than try to figure out how to stop that from happening, I'm just going to shut my phone off altogether. It's 8 o'clock. No, nothing important is going to happen. It's <laughs> nighttime. Yeah. People need to, be, they need to be in bed when the sun is down, so no one should be calling me.
0: Um, Well, I don't think you'll be getting any game alerts from the Maulers and the Showboats. uh, No, worry about
1: the Generals aren't gonna. They're not gonna call. And
0: nope, the Stars (laughs) versus the Panthers. I don't think Mm. so.
1: Okay, I mean, I guess there's a myriad reason for that, but uh, I do, I do wonder what, um, what you know, we we could have we could have had USFL decals on our phone we we could have we could have had usfl um apps what, what the world could have been like i could have been sporting a um a, a, a breakers jersey
0: you could
1: that was a team right the, the new england yes.
0: breakers well they were the boston breakers then the new boston orleans breakers. breakers then the portland breakers and now again the new orleans breakers
1: back to new orleans
0: yeah absolutely
1: uh, have they uh, have they started the merch yet? Can I get can I get Portland Breakers merch or New Orleans Breakers merch?
0: You can get league merchandise. Oh no, you can get team merchandise. Let's see what. You, oh yeah, you can get the logos. Oh, on it's all out sorts there. of stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's right. The eight teams returning.
1: Hmm. I guess we're. We're getting ahead of ourselves. What are we talking about tonight, Sean?
0: Pat, I don't even know anymore, <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Uh, no, we are talking about, obviously, more defunct football leagues, Matt. We famously dedicated a whole host of episodes to the XFL and our love of the short-lived football league, but it wasn't the first failed attempt to generate a brand new football league. No. It was predated by the United States Football League, the USFL, which existed for three years, um, well, three seasons, uh, 83, 84, and 85. Um, And Matt, what a spectacular bomb it was, um, but with some interesting ideas. And as we talked about, they're bringing it back this year. The USFL is back, eight teams owned by uh, the Fox Broadcasting Company um, with games to air on Fox and NBC this spring. Sean, can I tell you my
1: one glaring complaint about all of this? I and it, it's a really have just petty won? it is a really petty complaint. Oh okay. and, and an extremely like dumb one, but it's a complaint nonetheless. And and I don't know if I'm the only one that that has this issue, but looking at the logos of these new teams they're all except for, with the, the one exception of the breakers all the other teams are like red orange that's their color scheme they all have like the same yeah. color scheme i hate it
0: yeah that's I hate true. it for that
1: reason alone that's like really the only problem i have with the with the team logos i guess another another pretty big problem and i, I think this is one that a lot of other people share it's like a real actual problem is that a lot of the, the locations with with really like one exception Birmingham they're all places that already have football teams
0: that's true different from some of the other defunct football leagues we've talked about right when we looked at AAF one of the notable the
1: notable perks was that they all all of those host cities didn't have football teams they were like kind of bringing football to a new Locate to new locations for the most part. Like some of them had football teams, I think. But for like the AAF teams, right? The Orlando, Salt Lake, Memphis, Arizona, we have the Cardinals. But like Birmingham, San Antonio, Atlanta has a team. So it was was, a good mixture.
0: That was one of the things that was talked about and we will talk about is the teams Mm -hmm. that were in cities that didn't have football were actually the ones that did the best, like Jacksonville, who didn't mm-hmm. have a team at the time.
1: Right, right. Um, and, I mean, you can also make the, the argument that the USFL starts, um, it, 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 the traditional USFL started later. It was a designed as kind of like a competitive, like a spring football league. And this one, too, isn't really scheduled to start until April, I think.
0: Well that's what's interesting is the USFL started in February. Um, mm. so did the XFL. So they're definitely pushing it back, but they only the new USFL will only play a 10 game season, unlike the original USFL that played 18.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh Yeah, I just I can't get over these terrible logos. Just ba- really bad design all around. Uh, the New Orleans Breakers, which is kind of leading the charge for me right now for for favorite team, looks like a. The logo makes it look like it's it's the logo of like an insurance company or or like a natural like a natural gas firm.
0: It's very really pleasant. what it
1: looks like. It's it's like a. It looks a lot like a like if if you had just shown me the logo and not the team name, I, I would have thought it was like a petroleum company.
0: Yeah. Or natural
1: gas or something like that.
0: Well the thing is all um, these new logos are based off of the original logos of the team. So, I mean, with just so generic but they're they're pretty similar to the original teams. I
1: Believe mean I not. guess I don't I don't completely mind the logo for the Michigan Panthers, which is just weird to say. Um
0: Yeah, calling them Michigan Panthers instead of the Detroit Panthers is a little wacky.
1: Yeah, and I I don't like Houston Gamblers. Their logo their logo looks like to me, um, a f- somebody's fantasy football logo that they like made in on on Microsoft Print or uh, Microsoft Paint. I, I really don't like these logos at all, and they're taking me right out of the right out of the desire to even watch the league.
0: XFL Hopefully, their uniform designs will be
1: better. XFL were really top notch. I would say probably the best in terms of um of logos. Really cool logos. You had the Vipers, the Dynamically, yeah, the, the, the green New Battlehawks. Mhm. Everybody lo- loved the Battlehawks. Everybody liked the I thought
0: the New York New Jersey Guardians had a cool logo. Sure. Oh, we were on board. The Gargoyle. Oh yeah. Well, Matt, why don't we we take a step back here and talk a little bit about what is the U.S.FL?
1: Yeah, let's Um, start from from the top.
0: You know, we'll obviously talk about the new league and what we think about it, Uh, but you and I both read a book. Uh, I have the uh, dust jacket here because I was actually reading a football for a buck uh, by Jeff Perlman that recounts the entire history of the league. Uh, It began with a man named David Dixon, Uh, All the way back in the 60s, he kind of came up with this idea for spring football, uh, but it wasn't until the 80s that it was actually put into place. Um, One of the big things for Dixon was uh, really thinking through how a league like this should work. Um, Making sure that you secure a national TV broadcast contract, controlling spending, um, securing top stadiums, and making sure you have nice experiences. And the real thing was um, monitoring costs. That was the big thing, was making sure that these teams stayed in check. They'd lose money for a couple years, but they would slowly grow the league. The USFL played its first season in 1983 with uh, how many teams? 12 teams?
1: I, I just had the tab open, Sean. I just had it open. 10 teams? And I, ju- and I just closed it.
0: Um One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 teams, 12 teams. in its yeah. uh, debut season. Uh, later, adding an additional six teams through an ill fated expansion in 1984. Hmm. Um, and then the league, uh, in its final year, 1985, uh, was joined by a new owner by the name of Donald Trump, who purchased the new. Jersey Generals, the New York Generals. Never heard of him. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? And uh, he promptly coerced the league into both moving to the fall instead of spring and suing the NFL in an antitrust lawsuit, both of which brought about the demise of the league. Matt, what did, what did you wow. take away from this, we this read? We
1: never heard from him again after that. it was, was it. Wouldn't that be great? It was his claim to fame. Um, what did I take away from... The, the story, the overall story? Yes. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't have written a better script, honestly, for, for a, like a, just a wacky, um, idea turned reality. So, so many things broke in the right direction for, for this to happen, for this to take place, uh, it really started as this really kind of cool David and Goliath story up and right up until, you know, you really had me hooked and really had me believing that these guys could do it right until the point where they actually, you know, had to like go out there and and do it and like field an audience and, and fans in that respect. It reminded me a lot of the XFL story that we read the long bomb where they, they really had a lot of planning issues and, um, scheduling issues. I, I really felt like at, that football was more at the heart of this story than the story of the XFL, if that makes sense. Like the XFL was about showmanship and yeah. it was about putting a product on TV. Um, we always talk about how, um, football is, is, is a te- the, the most televised, it's the, the sport of television and there's an entertainment aspect of football that isn't present in other sports because it's, it's designed really to be, to be played on, on television. Um, and I think at, really at the heart of the USFL, you had, you had a man with a dream, David Dixon, and, and his dream was to, was to he really, what he really wanted to do, Sean, was to bring, he did, before he became this, this like franchisee he wanted to bring, he just wanted uh, to bring a team to new Orleans. That's what he wanted to do at the heart of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and actually I was, I was trying to dig out one of my new Orleans saints shirts from, uh, my closet. I was going to wear it in tribute to him and I, I didn't, I couldn't find it, but, um, um, in spirit that that's really what he wanted to do. He wanted to bring a, a team to, to new Orleans to play football and it evolved into something bigger than that. And something that, that, um, I, I don't even think he dreamed how, how big it could get. Uh, And then it all came crashing down and, um, it it was, uh, it was a, but, but the, to me, it wasn't about the beginning or it wasn't about the end. It was really, this really was about the journey. It was about getting from, from A to B. And that was the cool part. All, All the little bumps along the way are what make football for a buck such an exciting read.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly was a wild time. You know, I think the big difference between the XFL, the new USFL, all the the leagues that came after it is one very important distinction. They weren't franchisee owned. Uh, USFL probably was the last time we'll ever see a sports league begin where each team is owned by an individual owner rather than all being collectively owned by the league. And there's a reason for that um, because owners are problematic. And in the 1980s where cocaine was easily available, so were women and booze. Um, it created a lot of uh, owners who did not have enough money to sustain these teams. Uh, you end up just creating a bit of a fun mess of uh, of stories of players of teams of coaches of owners um, that I don't think could ever be be replicated in the same manner.
1: Right this this was it was just a complete just cast of characters what which uh which character was your favorite <laughs> i want to i, I want to describe them as characters because they were all just such characters so so many different uh the between the coaches and the owners and the players um some of the staff of of the the whole story who would your favorite be
0: i am going to say now i have to try and find his name dick curry Okay. $5 if you can tell me who that is.
1: I, I was just about to look him up. Um, <laughs> well, according to Google, Dick Curry is a yacht sales specialist. That's he the very be. first thing. I'm not even joking. That's the first thing that pops up. And he, there's also an actor um, who was in the movie Caught in 1996. But I assume you're talking about neither of those men. Um. This says that Dick okay, it's because I misspelled Curry. Um It was he was a player on the New Orleans Breakers, Sean.
0: No, he was the coach of the New Orleans Breakers. So uh the uh, Dick Curry was the coach of the Boston Breakers, then the New Orleans Breakers, then the Portland Breakers. He stayed with the team all three years. But what I loved about him was he was the innovative, fun coach. Right? He would do things like ask the fans to draw up crazy plays, and oh, he would pick yeah. one each week. And at, no matter how zany it was, he had the team play it, and invited the fan to come onto the sideline to watch their play being made. He did another promotion. Where, uh, Because the XFL was a lot about the, and uh, there's a lot of great stories about these crazy promotions, but um, he gave all the fans in the stands these cards that on one side said pass, and on the other side said run. And at certain points in the game, he would look up to the stands, and whichever one people were holding more of, pass or run, he would do on the field. And that kind of stuff is quintessential USFL to me, where it's just, there are no rules. We can just do any crazy thing we want. And that's great. I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay bandits and some of their uh, crazy giveaways they would do uh, in the middle of the game, including the one gentleman who, uh, who won a million dollars at a halftime, but it was paid in installments that didn't start until 2025, which I love, which I do kind of want to look him up and see if he's still going to get his money. I doubt it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, considering the USFL hasn't existed for a long time, but it's that kind of zany stuff where they're like, "Nah, man, just do whatever you want."
1: Yes, um, and it's really interesting that you bring up those deferred contracts because that was a huge part. That was a big. That was like a big part of the story. Uh, kind of the the craziness of it all um, is that it really it was completely no no man's land. It was it was a uncharted territory. Uh, in terms of of all of all of the 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 stops, they pulled them all out. Um, and it, it, some of the antics, I I think that would that would probably have also been my favorite. The um the the letting the fans pick their own plays that was a, a really cool story to read. Um, I'm trying to think. I, there was the tryouts part was one of my favorite parts of the whole book where they were they were holding tryouts for the teams and they would go to like prisons and like hold tryouts there and or they were just like a steel like outside a steel mill they just had people come out and try out after like after they got off like work oh man um let me see if i saved it i had some bookmarks here that uh um
0: I know there was a story about a a fired coach who came back the next day stood outside the front at, the outside the fence at practice wearing a hat and a fake beard and got signatures got autographs from the members of the team.
1: Oh yeah. Um let's see. I had I had yeah, I I had saved um there was one there was one player that that they were they were holding a tryout for and they I can't remember his name and apparently I didn't save it, but it was, it was a great, it was a great story where he, they like, they were really excited about drafting him. And then it turned out that that he didn't exist. It was all like a prank.
0: Oh yeah yes uh, an yeah. actual famous good player <laughs> who was going to the NFL and yes. they were very excited and it turns and they like had set up the re- I think it was the Boston Breakers they rolled yeah. out the red carpet it they was. Had a private jet
1: yes turns out they were going to pick drug. him up at the airport and then he never showed up that was it he actually yeah he he did exist as a person yes that was it he was going into the N- the NFL um but the, it, it all it all fell apart when they went to pick him up at the airport, and they realized like he wasn't coming off the the plane. They waited for him all day, and then it turned out that it was all just a hilarious prank by um, basically these. I guess they never found out who, but maybe these bored college kids. Great, um, great part of the story.
0: There, there was another great one where. Uh, They had a tryout with like 500 people at it and almost nobody made the team. But the way it would work is if the coach liked you, he'd send you over to the bleachers and you'd sit and wait while they tried out everyone else. Uh, and so one of the guys who auditioned, who was terrible, noticed that, just walked over and said, eh, coach sent me over and they signed him to the team by accident, not realizing <laughs> that they should have that he should have been kicked yeah. out. And they were reading through the list of, of people they signed. They said, you signed this guy. Hey, he said you sent him over. I didn't send oh, him over. yeah, Yes, <laughs> he just that's right.
1: In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did was not there somebody else who like hopped a fence he was late to the practice or or something like that and he climbed up the fence and
0: no, ran he, in
1: and he was like of course I can run a 4 a 4.4 4 mile and he was like all right do it and he did it he like ran he did, just ran the 4.4 4 mile
0: no it was just a random guy like, They they had, they had, they had closed down letting people in to try right. out and this guy wanted in he's like hey coach hey yeah. coach hey coach <laughs> and, and and he just was so annoyed let me run let me run and the coach said if i let you run will you shut up and he said yes. And he half the fence. He came over, and he was so fast and blew them away. And uh, mm. I think he got signed, and then almost immediately got cut. But yeah, um, but he did shut the coach up. That's for sure. That was a
1: fun, yeah. So a, a lot of those, just the the idea that they didn't vet anybody, and like anybody could just walk in and and take over. Uh, what did you think about their plan for like localization in the beginning when they were? They were only going to allow uh, players from colleges in the state or, re- or like region of the, of the team. That was, that was kind of an interesting plan. I, I don't really know what they were thinking about there. I guess, like loyalty to, your, to the state. I don't know. That was interesting. Well,
0: you know, you got to remember, it, 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 it was a different time in sports back in the 80s. The NBA isn't quite what it was now. Um, and really, football and baseball dominated the country, and uh, although football still does. Uh, it was a lot... The college football, I also think, was bigger at the time. Again, not that it's not big now. And so, you know, the USFL had so many great innovative ideas, and that's... Uh, I'll eventually get later in the episode to why I think it worked, didn't work, could it have kept working... But man, you look at some of the ideas they had in doing a regional draft. The USFL realized more than any of these other upstart leagues, how important it is to get fans on your side. You have no track record, especially in in cities where there's already a team. Why am I going to root for the Pittsburgh Maulers when I'm already a Steelers fan? And they realized the number one most important thing is not playing a good game of football. That's second. Everything else is getting butts in the seats and eyes on the television. Because if you don't have money from that, you can't make a good team. And so it was through innovative things like innovative rule changes, like the two-point play, among others. Uh, The coaches challenge was first introduced in the USFL. Um, It was the regional draft, like you said. Okay, we can't get the number one pick in the NFL. We can't get Dan Marino to come play for us. But... We can't get the local hero to come play for us. We can get the Alabama standout to play for Birmingham. Because the people in Birmingham already know who he is, unlike the people in Washington. Brilliant. It's brilliant marketing because you can put in its name recognition. And that's, the XFL had this problem, both version one and version two, where it was a bunch of nobodies you'd never heard of. There, There was nothing to it. And so you got to give them credit, and then the marketing ideas also are part of that, right? And the innovative half times and the innovative promotions, and um, one of the things uh, they talk about in the book is how front and center the players were in this league. They went to every ribbon cutting, they went to every used car dealership, they went. They were interviewed at halftime. The players, they made them available to everybody. They got the faces out there in the communities to build localized, not national localized support a brilliant strategy for the time
1: well yeah that's it's a pretty good answer yeah that's um i i i think it, i think of the nfl i think of the nfl a lot like this giant death star that's just kind of like vacuuming up all of the ideas like they're, they're gleaning, like all the ideas from the desiccated corpses of the like former leagues that have fallen to their, to their might. I, I think that's a pretty accurate description, especially with things like the two point conversion and the, the, the challenge with the XFL, we saw with the, with the, the sky cam and um, other, some other innovative ideas of the, scram- the XFL. Had. Of course
0: they kept the scramble. Like- like Which the scramble everyone still loves to this day,
1: right? This, absolutely, with, with the two players <laughs> concussing themselves before the game starts. Yeah, exactly. Probably the best idea of all. I mean, who wouldn't love to see Tom Brady charge in against um, former teammate Antonio Brown and oh my god, just collide? Scramble, they gotta earn the ball. right,
0: they gotta earn the right to have the, the scramble.
1: I think I do believe, I like to believe that the scramble existed in spirit. When the like the Monday night, you know, like Monday night football, they used to have the two helmets like crash into each other before the game. I think that was their homage to the scramble
0: inspired by the scramble.
1: to the scramble, even though it was, I think, predated the scramble. But yeah. anyway, but okay. yeah. <laughs>
0: um Yeah, but that's, you know, the biggest thing I, I would stress is that a sports league now is so different from a sports league like Back then, especially from a media landscape perspective, you have to remember. And one of the reasons why starting a league is so different today is that there barely was cable television back then. It was only just getting started. So you had the main broadcast networks and like 10 cable channels, which one of which was ESPN. And so people didn't have a multitude of choices in terms of what they. there was no Internet. There was no cell phone. There was no tablet. There was no streaming. Uh, there wasn't even satellite TV. Uh, you watched the main networks and maybe a couple of cable channels, and that was it. One of the reasons why the USFL had a reasonable antitrust lawsuit against the NFL is because they owned all the major television channels. And so you could get some amount of penetration of people just flipping around and finding it on television versus today, where it would be much more difficult to do that. And so... um. Props to the USFL for realizing that, unfortunately, the television audience didn't quite attach themselves to it in a way that made it sustainable on broadcast.
1: Yeah. It's. So where did it all go wrong? I I don't know. Where should we start? Where should we start unpacking with this?
0: I mean, I, I, we can't really get too, too detailed. We, we could mm. do a whole series on this if we wanted to. So we kind of got to mm. keep it a bit high level. I, I, we can certainly talk about what worked and what didn't. I, you know, the, the first, yeah. season, first season and a half were reasonable successes. And, and the book makes pretty clear where the points of downfall were. But as we talked about this idea of a slow growth, hyper local spring football league that controlled its own destiny Reasonable owners, long-term investment in the league, um, at first worked. It really did. But, you know, again, the reason why you will never, ever see a sport started with franchise owners again is because franchise owners are a huge pain in the ass. Because they're usually rich lunatics, as we learn from many anecdotes in this book. Um, And they just couldn't help themselves. And Donald Trump reserves his own spot. We'll talk about later about why the league went down, but you really have to start with the owners. They're the, it wasn't necessarily a bad product on the field. It wasn't necessarily um, that it was never going to be profitable. It was these owners that through a combination of exploding player salaries, uh, which the league initially wanted to cap and they didn't through ill-fated expansion in season two, bringing on six more teams just to bring in cash in a league that could barely sustain the 12. They already had, um, And it was just uh, wealth inequity within the league that just sunk some teams and required a host of relocations over the years where they couldn't uh, establish fan bases. So that that's really the first shoe to fall is moving from 80. They, they have a reasonably successful 83. They go to 84 and say, we're not making enough money. We need six more teams, and we got to bring in every big star we can, and it doesn't matter what it costs, which is a really poor idea.
1: Yeah, that that's like the just a it, it's not it's it's so interesting to hold the two leagues up the talking about the USFL and the XFL, the two now defunct leagues up and really compare their downfalls because i think that the the um overall they they both they both lost i think at at the end because they 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 gave into um instead of an overabundance of caution they really took a lot of unnecessary and and foolish risks um but for the uh XFL i think those foolish risks risks were just a lot more like showy or just more like, I guess like they, the, I I got the sense from reading this book that at the heart of it all, the USFL really was trying to make a, make a, a new league. And even, you know, they were maybe trying to, you can make the argument, maybe trying to fail upwards. You think like that, even if they did, weren't successful, maybe they would some have have some kind of merger with the NFL. Same like, like the American football league.
0: Eventually in the end. Yeah. I mean, it, but there's no guarantee of that. And you know, the eighties were a very different time from the seventies when they did merge with the AFL. I think, I think the owners on day one said, we have a five year plan and we're going to make this successful. And at the end of the first year, they said, I lost $2 million. Five years is not fast enough. And that's the problem It's just not having the forward vision to hold through and follow through on the project, um, especially when there were, unlike the XFL at the end of season one, where there was no hope, uh, the corpse was dead, um, the USFL had signs of success following its first year. Many of the teams broke even, not every team lost money, um, and by 84, a number of the teams were still doing well. So, you know, I, I mean, it's it, it wasn't horrendous by any stretch, they just had to be patient.
1: I'm trying to think of the characters from this book like Mario characters. (laughs) Okay. Like, I don't know. This all started because at first I was like, well, Donald Trump is clearly Bowser. Oh, sure. But he's, He's not Bowser, though. I thought about this. I think who's really Bowser is the NFL commissioner who I'm trying to Pete Rozelle find his name. Yeah. Pete Rosell. I think he's, he's kind of the Bowser of the story. I think Tr- Donald Trump might be War- Wario.
0: Wario, um,
1: but know, I guess, I don't know. I never got the sense that Wario was really an e- evil per se. I think he was more greedy. Maybe. All right. Maybe Trump is Bowser then. Maybe Pete Rozelle is Wario.
0: I don't think Pete Rosell has that much influence on the story. Like, definitely the NFL didn't like the USFL, didn't want it to succeed. But at the same time, I don't think it was ever really that... They, they were never really were a threat to the NFL. Uh, they were in the spring. Okay, they took a couple of players away, but it was not comparable Maybe he was more forward-thinking than the USFL was and saw something coming down the road, but I honestly don't... I, I think the, the USFL was doomed from the start without the NFL, is my two cents. Herschel Walker
1: is Mario. He's the, I think he's the Mario of the story.
0: No, no. Herschel Walker, no. I think... I think uh, John Bassett, maybe, is the Mario of this story. Not, not David Dixon? No, because Dixon really, by the time the league actually started, he didn't have a lot of like participation. He came up with the idea, but by the time the league actually started, he wasn't like running anything. Because what happened was, the New Orleans got the Saints. And <laughs> he said, okay, go make your USFL, I'm good, we have a team now. That's why uh, New Orleans never got a USFL team.
1: So why is Bassett... Why, why would you say Bassett's Mario?
0: Because um, he was the antithesis of Trump. He was sort of the opposite. He was the, the owner of the Bandits, an innovative man, a passionate man who loved football, who very carefully kept team uh, pay under control, who understood the marketing aspects of it, and turned Tampa Bay into one of the most financially and attendance-wise successful teams in the USFL. I mean... He was a man who truly believed in Dixon's vision, um, and saw right away what what Trump was bringing to the USFL. So, um, of all of the ownership group, he was probably the most influential outside of of Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I, I mean, that's that's the. I think that's the. That if we're going off of the analogy that we're using, if if this is the this is the the roadmap that we have, I would say that. Bassett is Mario, which makes, I think, Herschel Walker maybe like uh, like one of the mushrooms that enhances Mario's abilities.
0: Yeah, but he's like, what's one of the better, like the, what's the one that turns into a raccoon?
1: That's the, oh, the Tanuki suit.
0: Yes, he's, so like the he's okay. better than a regular. Like players are the mushrooms. Like he's better. He's than... He's probably them. the
1: star. He's probably actually the star yes. that makes Mario like shine and is invincible because it, it drew so many viewers. You put so many eyes on the league when when they when they finally negotiated the draft. I love the part where they go into the hotel and they like literally give him like a million dollars in an envelope, or they give him that check for a million dollars in an envelope. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you doing?" It was like a drug deal, like. He's like, they, this, they, this could get me expelled. Like if anybody knew about this and he's just like, take the money. This you like, this is just how, how you know that we're serious.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I don't think it can be understated how revolutionary it was when Herschel Walker went to the USFL. Um, a, because he was not a senior, which was a requirement in the NFL which was pretty groundbreaking, but also because he would have been a very high pick in the NFL. Now that was the first major Heisman
1: trophy winner. Yeah, that's right.
0: The first major player, mm-hmm. the NFL lost and something the XFL uh, never had was a player that was good enough and household name enough to make the NFL choose to go to the other league. That's that, right. That was really incredible.
1: The XFL yeah. just had the, he hate me, uh, Rod Smart. <laughs> yes
0: exactly yeah. not not as not as quite as legitimate but also mm-hmm. you know the idea that the xfl had was you know most players get paid roughly the same amount and you have a little extra money for big for one or two big name players is smart you do need a herschel walker right you can't just subside with a bunch of nobodies but every team should only get one or two and not la which had you know 10 times the salary cap of some of these other teams yeah that's what i
1: i i liked was the the i it was a novel idea i have to say that in the beginning the league owners had this had the, the regulations that they agreed on of the uh, spending would be capped at 1.8 million per team and an additional 500,000 was allotted to sign two star players who did not count against the cap i thought that was in a um I thought that was an interesting like way to draw the lines and deviate and it accomplishes a couple of things in that. Like, I mean, there's a, a clear spending cap, a salary cap. Um, but it also, it also gave it, it like, it gave you like additional money to have two star players that, I mean, and, and I guess there was a, uh, a criteria for what a star player would be, but, um, it, it it did, it it prevented a situation for where like one team scoops up all of the, um, the high ranking draftable picks. I don't know. I thought, I thought that was a a cool, um, introduction in in the beginning. Interesting. Uh, I, I guess they didn't really follow it all the way to the end, but, um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was an, it was a, an interesting rule that they had set for, set up for themselves.
0: Yeah, and if only they had stuck to it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, it was one of the more well thought out league executions that had ever happened. Um, they 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 had a plan; they just didn't stick to it. And that's comes to part two of the downfall. With that's where we have to get into Donald Trump, uh, general's owner, uh, starting in nineteen eighty four. Uh, He purchased the team and immediately began advocating for two things, moving the league from the spring to the fall and suing the NFL um, uh, in an antitrust lawsuit claiming the NFL was a monopoly. Both those things ended extremely poorly. Eventually, Donald Trump convinced the owners to vote in favor of the move. However, that meant... Uh, a, a decent number of owners decided just to shut down their teams rather than move to the spring, uh, reducing the league to a theoretical eight teams for a, uh, an 87 season. And then um, as well as uh, struggling to get TV contracts and stadiums because the NFL plays in the fall uh, at the exact same time in the exact same places. Um, the other thing was the lawsuit, uh, which in a, in a just incredible twist of fate, uh, the USFL won. They proved the NFL had a monopoly on football in America, and won a whopping one dollar, which was multiplied to three dollars due to the way the laws are written. It won three dollars. Uh, eventually, it was awarded five point five million uh, in attorneys' fees, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't nearly enough. So eventually, the USFL received a check for three dollars and seventy six cents, uh, with the seventy six cents representing interest earned. A check that's never been cashed. Hey, did you, have you ever watched the 30 for 30 on the USFL? No, I haven't. Um, what? It, it, it's called Small Potatoes. Uh, it's not my favorite 30 for 30. Uh, it's good. I think the book does a better job of telling the story. But one of the gimmicks of it is they actually track down the $3.76 check from oh, the NFL bought- to the USFL.
1: I have watched this. Yeah, yes. never mind. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I did. I, I I just looked up a Google uh, images of of different scenes. It had the uh, the, ch- the 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 check in the letter yep. that the, the the letter that was written. That was that was a really neat moment. Um, and they yeah they, they they find that yeah they track down the the check. Um, that's a that's a a good. Uh... Did they find it?
0: They did. They had they had the they absolute check, right? and then at the, the whole. Thing of the documentary was at the end they they got an interview with Donald Trump and they showed him the check and he didn't give a shit and said it was small potatoes,
1: right, right, right.
0: And yeah, so that was it. Three years of football with a plan to move he, to spring that never came about. Or, he walks out
1: of it, out of the interview, doesn't yes, he, he? Trump. He, does. he says, and "I got to go. I got somewhere else he takes, to be." He takes his like microphone off and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Small potatoes,
0: yep, so there you go that was uh that was the u s f l certainly brought many great stars eventually to the NFL Jim Kelly Steve Young Herschel Walker, among others um, it just uh it just fell apart unfortunately
1: I would like to see a movie in the same vein of um like, in the same vein of, um... Moneyball? N- n- well, Moneyball, I, that that would, yeah. I was thinking of, um, The Big Short. Like, yeah. the same style of movie. Like, but, but also Moneyball. I guess that's the, yeah. Um, that's kind of the, 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 I think the perfect aesthetic for this, this story to be told. The perfect, um, format sad that uh that um we haven't gotten one i don't know i maybe maybe now we we'll won't be based on this book it's a fairly re- recently written book right nine uh Yo, very
0: recent. Yeah. yeah no it it was a- bl- it was a blip on the cultural radar you know mm. i mean i I've told a bunch of people we were talking about this on the show, and nobody knew what the u s f l was so i don't oh, yeah it didn't quite have the um sort of one and done cultural bomb aspect of the XFL in the way uh, the USFL did. It just sort of I don't think it went away. I was going to say, I
1: don't, I don't think it burned as bright. I think nope. that was the thing, is the XFL nope. really burned bright and then popped and fizzled almost instantly. It was a firecracker league. Whereas the USFL, I think they were really trying to start something and build it, but it just didn't have all the... I think all of these, all of these stories were just not nobody knew about them. Uh, that's the, the cool thing to me is that all of this was going on behind the scenes. And a lot of these stories just were never told. Um, of the stories of the tryouts and the stories of the, of the, the, um, the, 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 the million dollar check. And, and it, I mean, they may, they came out and were, were like released to the public, but I guess when they're told all together like this, it's, it just makes makes for a more exciting narrative.
0: Well, Matt, maybe we can uh, move on and talk about the new hmm. USFL. Sure. Um it's back baby, uh has nothing to do with the original league other than the name and the logo. Um they pretty much say it's totally separate. Um and basically, uh Fox Uh, the broadcast network Fox sports is bankrolling it. They say they've committed uh, nearly $200 million over the next three years to its operations with more to be coming in from investors. Um, They're bringing back eight teams. Eight of the original team names are coming back. Uh, The Birmingham stallions, the Houston gamblers, the new Orleans breakers, the Tampa Bay bandits, the Michigan Panthers, the new Jersey generals, the Philadelphia stars and the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um, Interestingly, uh, each of the eight teams will have a 38-man active roster and a seven-man practice squad. They will play an eight-game season. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, the very first season, all games will be played in a single city, Matt. Wild stuff. Uh, I'm assuming part of that is cost savings and part of it is COVID safety. Um, all of the games in this upcoming season will be played in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and it will kick off on April sixteenth, twenty twenty two, to be broadcast on on the networks of Fox and NBC.
1: That is interesting. The uh, the one city I, I remember hearing about that. Um, I wonder why they chose Birmingham.
0: Um, that's a good question. Um, I think, uh, probably a good deal from the city is my guess. <laughs> That's the best. And the weather must be good that time of year. Other than that, I, I don't know. Well, According one of the teams, to... the Birmingham Stallions, will be based there after the league goes back to their hometowns. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm just reading a little bit of the background of, of the decision, uh, according to initial information, Birmingham would be responsible for housing players during the season at the price of about fifteen million dollars, um, forty-seven thousand hotel nights, while the league would play the bubble season at Protective Stadium and Legion Field in Birmingham. So, um, eight-week team or eight, eight teams for ten-week uh, season. Uh, with two additional playoff rounds,
0: all the way um, into July. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. They're uh, going to have their player selection meeting, essentially their draft, uh, in late February, and uh, looking forward to kicking off in April. It's definitely going to be interesting. T- uh, timing is
1: the big, big factor here, right? It's it's the the idea that these teams are playing like spring football. I mean to me I think that's really for your money that that's what that's what people are going to be tuning in to see is they they're going to have already like passed that um that that uh Super Bowl hangover a lot of people are are especially if you're not a baseball fan you're going to be itching for for football to come back right if if you if you don't care about baseball you don't care about hockey this is like if you live and die for football, I think that's the kind of fan that they're going to try to court. Because what else is going on besides the draft around this time?
0: I mean, that's been the question with all these football leagues, right? Because they've all tried the spring. Nobody's really tried the fall other than the USFL when they tried to move to the fall. And the question is, does anyone give a crap about the sport of football versus teams they already know? Like, do people just want to watch the sport? Or do they want to watch the NFL and uh, college football?
1: That was the question the AAF, I I mean, to me, the AAF tried to solve that, is like, um, do you care? And also, do you care if it's good football, right? But if, if all the teams are playing crappy football or mediocre football at best, then, you know, are you watching it just for the game, for the sport, the purity of the sport, or are you watching it because there are teams that you like or players that you like, or are you capable of rewriting those narratives and rooting for a whole new team i to me you know i i fell in love with the orlando apollos and that was the team that i picked and i wanted to follow and i um i got i got a good i got some joy out of it until until they started inexplicably airing the games on channels that I didn't have yeah that was was kind of, I, that was kind of a bummer a
0: game.
1: yeah that that was really that was honestly that was honestly where I stopped. I stopped following it. I, I I was watching Apollo Games when they were on networks that I was able to to have access to, and then when they aired them, it started airing them at strange times in the day and and um, on networks that I didn't know about. I stopped giving a crap. That was where I I stopped. I tuned out. But hopefully the US USFL is allied with some big networks, right?
0: Yes. Yes, and the XFL, who had its season ended because of COVID, uh, its inaugural season, did mm-hmm. good, not great in terms of television and, and gaining an audience. You know, it wasn't a total disaster, but it wasn't particularly successful either. And by the way, the, US, uh, the XFL continues, hasn't announced, and continues to stand by that they are coming back next year in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Matt... We've studied these defunct leagues uh, many times over, and I've come to the conclusion, I'm going to plant my flag right here, there will never be a successful spring football league. There is absolutely nothing you can do to make it successful, and here's why. It's not that people don't care about football. And it's not that spring sports are good, because they're not. They suck. Um, The thing is, is competition. Not from sports, but from, from your eyeballs and for other things to watch. The XFL may, or the USFL may have been the last shot to ever get this thing right. Because back in those days, you didn't have much else to watch. So you were much more likely to try out and get connected. There weren't a million entertainment options. So if you were looking for something to do on a weekend, you might just grab five, you know, pay five bucks and go see a USFL game because there wasn't anything else to do with your life. In the year of 2022, Matt, why the... Excuse my language. Why the fuck (laughs) would I watch the goddamn USFL, a league that has no notable players that we know of, is playing all their games in one city, so why would I root for any one team over the other? They're all just a bunch of teams playing each other, Um, are playing... When I could be watching one of 100 cable channels, I could be watching any amount of streaming or YouTube content... I could be watching any... I could watch cricket in India if I wanted. Something you could not do in 1984. I just don't think... I think if the NFL opened a spring league, that is the only thing that might work. Because they have the brand. And if they said, look, it's going to be NFL qual- caliber play, and it's like the Chicago Bear t- t- 2 or whatever, and they play in the spring, maybe. There's They're burning money. This is the biggest waste of money I've ever seen. Who will watch this? And what's Here's worse my... about you know the XFL? I give them credit because they at least tried to make it a little different. Mm-hmm. Smashmouth football, right? The sky cam and the Bubba cam, and we're it's like wrestling. We're hey, at least that's an angle.
1: Rodney Fields
0: uh, brilliant, then, right? Yep. Nobody liked <laughs> <Locker> it, <room.
1: laughs> but they tried.
0: And even the the new XFL, they miked up the officials, and you could hear them talking. Uh, they they did the sideline, they mic'd up all the players, they sped up the game. At least they were trying to do something different. Now, we don't know all the details about the USFL yet. I have not read a single thing that says this is different in any way from NFL-style football.
1: No, I believe it's, it's identical. If I mean, they came out the and said, we're going to put
0: five more people on the field for each team, we're going to play with two footballs on the field, I'd be like, okay, hell yeah, I'll check that out. Let's do it. You know, the yeah. mascot gets to play. Whatever. I don't care. But if you're just gonna put on more football Why? I I it's it really bums me out. Because I would I like football. And I hate and I hate baseball. <laughs> and it bums me out when there's like no, nothing to watch. Basketball a little bit, maybe hockey. That's the other thing too. The NBA is much bigger now than it used to be, so there is more competition there than there was in the eighties. But I don't know. I, I've ranted for a while, but it just spring football can't work. It just can't. I don't. There, it, no. Would
1: you consider cricket? Would you start watching cricket? Well, I've I
0: thought was, about it. This is my other point. If you were a Fox sports and you had $200 million bill burning a hole in your pocket and you wanted to own something. You have to find a new sport because soccer, nobody gave a shit about 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Now it makes real money. Okay. And there's no reason F one formula one. Nobody gave a shit about 10 years ago. Now it's extremely popular in the U S there's no I think reason the do-
1: the documentary had a lot to do with that. But that's Netflix what I'm saying. Thing. You build yeah. a new
0: sport, not co opt an existing one. Football is the yeah. NFL. It's fo- it's like mm-hmm. the Kleenex. It's like it's the name breaking. No, I I think you're
1: right. And you know, you know, I think there was one league that, that may may have gotten it more right than any other league we've and we haven't mentioned them yet. I think maybe the Arena Football League. Yes. Again, I, mean, I think they super got it right. Because they they,
0: never, they They never cared about TV.
1: Yeah. I think they, they almost made it into a different sport and, and they took the existing idea of football and turned it on its head, right? With the, the no out of bounds. Uh, the quarterback can be, there's no fair catches. The, the quarterback can be, sa- they had all different rules, right? The, I think they, they even, didn't they get rid of the forward lateral? Like you could even do a yeah. lateral, something crazy like that. Field goals were worth different amounts and, and the field goal was a lot harder because it was like up higher in the air. I, that's cool cuz it's innovative and and they're build they're taking an existing design and they're going even further with really transforming it into something completely novel and different. And I I agree with you in that re, like having a retread budget football league in the spring is not going to be successful. I do wonder though w- with the advent of gambling as you know sports gambling now do you think that that could maybe bring some viewership. I don't think it'll it'll be a success, and I think this will be a one and done thing. I don't think we'll be talking about USFL again next year. But um, could sports gambling now be could the USFL kind of tack on with that?
0: Uh, I, uh, look,
1: I, but then I'm you, saying, get, you don't have to actually watch the game to just bet on them. I don't know.
0: Well, what I'm saying is traditional football can't work in the spring. You want to go wild and try some innovative stuff. Sure, I'm surprised the NFL hasn't integrated more of that into the NFL um, with prop bets and some of these other things you can do and integrating them into the game. Um, Absolutely, they could do that, 100%. But again, you can't take a sport everybody knows and push it too far either, right? If it starts to become unrecognizable from football, then you're just having to re-educate a whole audience. I mean, Matt you look at something mixed martial arts, esports, some of these upcoming lacrosse. Do you know that there's a lacro- like an, like a, mm-hmm. a, a lacrosse league?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a, are, there's a nascent lacrosse league, yep.
0: There there's absolutely no reason why um especially with parents being concerned about injuries young kids playing football, they're not playing the way they used to. I think there's big opportunities in alternate sports and invest the money and give it a shot. And you don't have to spend $200 million to start a lacrosse league. You don't. Um, it's true. Cause it's, Cause it's not football. And so, you know,
1: yeah, it, it, this is going to be a failure. I think we, we can pretty much safely say that. Yeah. And I, um, agree. I, 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 I really think there is no hope for a spring football league, unless, I mean, I thought that they had learned their lesson with like the XFL changing change the original format was it the xfl or the aaf that had they did away with kickoffs and they they had every like the player just that teams teams just started at the 20 yard like like that wasn't even the craziest change but try new things like the usfl had the one one foot catch or the the, that required like college rule like you got to try you got to innovate Right, you're, not, you're not going to be the NFL. People aren't going to care about the New Jersey Generals next year. They're not, they're not going to care about the Houston Gamblers. It's, it's going to be a completely passe thing, and it, it just seems like a, just a big waste of time and well, money.
0: I will say I was a big... I enjoyed the new XFL a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought I did it too. did some really smart things, and I thought the play wasn't terrible
1: definitely a big improvement from the AAF. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the, um, and the old XFL uh, for oh, sure. Yeah. But the question becomes when the USFL and the XFL go up head to head in the spring, are there enough players to go around? Is there enough eyeballs to go around? Probably not. Uh, well, I so... think
1: where we have the, the alternate, the, the, the true purpose of the alternate football teams, or the ultimate football league, alternate football leagues, the true purpose is for them to be minor league teams for right. for the NFL. They're they're places for undrafted is. for undrafted college um, players or drafted lower college players to go and and wet their feet, right? They're they're there and and be placeholder. Like we saw, like Taylor Heineke, right? He's he was an XFL quarterback.
0: Yeah,
1: a um, couple of other of other notable NFL players. It's it's like a se- it's a second chance. It's a second chance league for a lot of NFL players who went undrafted or drafted really low or or, or what have you. It's a second yeah. chance league. That's that's I, what that's their their real purpose, and they don't have I, to be I, televised. But you, that's you why they exist. You it's that as, or the Canadian Football League.
0: Well, but you can't live as a leftover league. Uh, not in twenty twenty two. Not in America. I'm sorry. Now, if you want to say. of the team is leftovers. Great. That's fine. I get it. You're not going to get every name brand player on the planet, but I think unless they pull a USFL classic and get some Heisman winners and get some top picks to say, you know what? I had the choice to play in the NFL. And instead I'm going to choose the USFL or the XFL. Then uh, to me, that's the number one thing they can do to get a lot of attention on this thing. It is when that superstar college quarterback who's supposed to go number one Says, screw you, NFL. I'm going in the spring. Holy crap! Does that make it legit? Until yeah. then, they'll always be seen as the castoffs. Unfortunately, regardless of how good they are or are not.
1: Once you get Ben Roethlisberger's replacement, future replacement, to turn down the the Pittsburgh Steelers contract and pick up that Pittsburgh Mauler's contract, then that's right. That's, that's right. when you know you've made it. Yeah.
0: That's right I hope As they do the, I hope they do a cheesy draft too where the player walks up and holds up the jersey with their name on it and the number of their and the, you know and then they the yeah. hat they put the hat on It's,
1: it's almost like the USFL in the in 2022's USFL took every wrong step that they could so far puts put, put football in cities where football already exists boring Don't change or innovate on any of the already existing rules or structure of the NFL. Boring. Even the color scheme. We're we're gonna go back, we're going full circle. The color scheme is boring as hell. Every team is a common ugly, ugly combination of orange or red, except for the New Orleans Breakers, which is it looks like a like a BP alternative. It's just really like a misstep at every turn. And and when they could have they could have just gotten it right, and and the only thing is like, oh, but we play in the spring. No. I don't think it's going to be enough. I I think that no one is – you're banking off of the capital of people just like that don't care about any other sport but football. I don't think people need football that bad. I don't know. People are going to be going on vacation with their families. Like, watch, like you said, watching one of the five billion streaming services that exists now, there's no place for it. You have to make it new and exciting and I think that they blew it.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Listen, I- I'll just put it this way. I'm excited for the XFL to come back, quite honestly. Mm. I do not give two shits about the USFL. I really don't. Uh, I'll-, I'll watch it. We'll talk about it on the show. But I just don't have... A- they just have done a garbage job of getting me excited about this thing. Um, In a way that the XFL did. No.
1: No, I... I- I agree. I, I, and I, I'll be excited to talk with you next year about the triumphant return of the XFL. Cause I, I was legitimately bummed out when I heard that they they were prematurely ending their season um due to COVID. I, 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 I had a, I had a, a following for the, the New York, New Jersey guardians. I know you were a fan of the, the bandits, right? And, uh, it I was it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see that season to the end, but it is what it is and uh and hopefully hopefully they'll be back i thought the uh the play was more exciting the the new rule changes were smart um and they weren't they they had kind of the whole league as a whole had kind of matured um this this is just a very strange retread cash grab even the logo for the not just for the teams but the USFL logo looks like it it should be plastered on the back of like a really cheap plastic trophy. This is yeah. what it looks like. Just just a no, really horribly uh, generic
0: it's not encouraging. Everything
1: about um, it is is just just awful.
0: But we're going to just have to wait and see. Um we'll we'll give it a, a fair shot, I suppose, but I I Matt, I think you would agree in recommending people go check out Football for a Buck. A great oh, read. the book the book was a really good read. The the book was I, I enjoyed it. I
1: even enjoyed it more than Long Bomb. I mean, yeah. they're um talking about two different scenarios, two different situations, but I I th- I thought this one was extremely compellingly written. And, and I finished it in a weekend, which is a, a really big testament because I'm a pretty slow reader. But um, I, 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 d- I do recommend people go check out this and watch the 30 for 30 Small Potatoes. I thought that was uh, obviously, I mean, I forgot that I had even watched it, but I thought it was a, at the time. I think I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was just a while ago. Um,
0: are they still making 30 for 30s? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not at like a rapid clip, but yeah, they still come out once in a while.
1: What was the most recent one they did? That is was a it, great. Was it the Was it the Queens one? I, I...
0: yes, that the, yes. the like multi part I... one. Yes, I believe what about it Mets?
1: was. Yeah, I that was the that was the most recent one, right? Yeah. Yes. Once upon a time in Queens. Yeah, it was a four parter.
0: It hmm. was. It was. Um,
1: I enjoy those. 30
0: yep. for 30s. No, there are a lot of good ones. Um, and so uh, I would say that uh, in addition to reading the book and watching 30 for 30, there's a great YouTube channel, USL USFL Forever is the name of the channel. I do recommend people check out, A, they have hundreds of full-length games you can watch on YouTube of the original USFL, which is kind of cool. But they also have a bunch of little oddball interviews and commercials from the time uh, commercials for the official sports drink of the USFL Matt squincher squincher thirst that's a real thing i didn't make that up um squincher 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 thirst um it's Gatorade but not as good um and a bunch of other really funny clips so i do recommend checking that out um Doug Flutie doing a commercial for the local tr uh, you know Chevy dealership it's it's pretty funny.
1: Um, now um, yeah, I'm yeah I'm going down memory lane, looking at the thirty for thirties, the most recent ones. Long gone summer, I think, was the one I remember watching. Besides the Mets one, the long that was about the home run race between Sammy right. Sosa and Mike and um, uh, Mark McGuire. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they definitely are still making them.
0: Uh, Matt, Winter- that's to gonna-
1: Squincher, is that what you said?
0: I believe it is. It's Squincher.
1: How have I never heard of this?
0: Squincher.
1: Oh, and yeah, you, have you it. tried
0: it's this? Hydration that works. I've never heard of it before the USFL, because I just Googled like USFL on YouTube, and it came up like USFL, and it's a commercial for Squincher, and at the end, it says the official sports drink of the USFL. Oh, the USFL. <laughs> it's like, huh. Uh,
1: March Madness is coming around the corner, Sean.
0: Is it going to be sponsored by squincher
1: it might be it might have to be i i got if I can get it for the right price these are oh these are awfully i mean they're probably discontinued, which is why they're 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 pretty pricey so in some places oh no, I guess you can get still you exist. can get squincher for you, you can't you can get football for a buck, but you can't get squincher for a buck
0: <laughs> unfortunate it, just sure. from all that u s f l success it just took right off. Money well spent. Um, Matt, we're going to wrap up this episode here. I'm sure we will continue to talk about defunct football leagues moving forward. I'm sure we'll have a full report on the debut of the USFL in April. Uh, so look forward to that. And, of course, we'll be doing our annual Super Bowl prop bets coming up in February. So another thing to look forward yep. to. It's
1: right um, right around the corner. So Something to look forward to.
0: Twenty of that. Uh
1: but we're gonna end it- I bet on the uh the generals. I think the generals are gonna beat the I don't know, Miami Heat. Is that <laughs> usfl
0: No, I'm going in for the Seattle Dragons.
1: Nah, I'm all about those um yeah. Seattle Seattle Dragons are gonna take it. You
0: think I, not, I, not, I not I the Tampa Bay man. Vipers?
1: Um, the Vipers were good. If I remember, if I recall, they, they, uh,
0: they only played four weeks. So I don't know they held they their own. To...
1: They, I think they were, they were the favorite <laughs> NFL XFL standings.
0: Uh, were there yeah. any undefeated teams? I think there were, I think the guardians were pretty good. Weren't they? They, yeah, they,
1: they were, they ended the C. Se- okay. The guardians ended the season three and two. Yeah. Okay, so the D the defenders, the DC defenders, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the New York Guardians were all three and two. Okay. Um and were all undefeated at home. They all they all um finished the season undefeated at home.
0: In, in their respective neat. soccer stadiums.
1: Oh, the Vipers sucked, Sean. The Vikers were one and four the Vipers were one and four. No, they, they were pretty
0: forgettable. Garbage. I think the LA um, Wildcats were pretty and bad.
1: your your Seattle Dragons were garbage. They were all they were yeah. one and four also. The Roughnecks, you're a Houston Roughnecks, That's John. Right. They were the only undefeated XFL team. They were five and zero. Good team, indeed. They Good dominated team. the XFL West.
0: In the same. That's way interesting. The, uh...
1: the, the XFL it was east is east west, and the AFL is north south.
0: They dominated Houston just like the Gamblers. Yes. Um, All right. Wonderful job, Matt. We should probably great get stuff. going.
1: This was a good, this was good.
0: Uh, it was great. I love covering this kind of Definitely stuff. Definitely recommend uh, it. Folks should keep coming back. People should keep coming back to the show for more mm. of this. Uh, Cause I think they will enjoy uh, what we have to do here on the show. Up for debate.tv is our website. Check it out. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts to get the latest from Matt and I and all the things we're talking about. You never know what it might be when it pops up in your feed. So, son, you don't want to miss. Uh, but that's going to do it. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. We appreciate you being here as always. And we'll see you next time for another wild edition of oh, a great